this morning we are going to do the hymn, My Jesus, I Love Thee. My Jesus, I Love Thee. So, last week we studied two great hymns uh, about the story of Jesus and all that he did for us and how much we need him and how much we should just love the story of what Jesus did. Uh, but we should also love telling the story to others of what Jesus did for them as well. Uh, this week we're going to have the theme of love again. I'm going with love for the month of February, so uh, we're still on love here. Uh, but this morning we're going to focus more on our love for Jesus on a personal level. Um, my Jesus, I love thee. It's a wonderful hymn uh, with some really great words in it, and I hope that we all feel this kind of love and devotion to Jesus. Uh, so I want to read the words to the hymn this morning. Uh, so if you would turn to number 665 and then look at the one right next to it. So <laughs> I'm not sure why they didn't just skip that number. I would have when I was writing it. So yeah, <laughs> when you get there, you'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but but I just thought it'd be funny to do that. Uh, so, my Jesus, I love thee. Uh, so, let's read these words together. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. I love thee because thou first loved me and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. I'll love thee in life, I'll love thee in death, and praise thee as long as thou lendest me breath. And say when the death dew lies cold on my brow, if ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. In mansions of glory and endless delight, I'll ever adore thee in heaven so bright. I'll sing with the glittering crown on my brow, if ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. Uh, so I'm going to start, like I always do, with the history of this hymn, the history of my Jesus, I love thee. And with that, we'll look at the history of the author, which is William Featherstone. And in our hymnal, you'll see that it is spelled with an E at the end, and sometimes uh, that you will find the spelling without an E at the end. Don't know why, but... Just is uh, so not much not much is known about this author, and I find it interesting sometimes we don't have very much historical information about some people uh, that God used very greatly. Uh, I think that this is by design sometimes. I think that uh, it possibly could always be better if it was this way. Uh, this would allow all the praise and glory to go to God for the service that we do. The more that my name is known, the less the name of the Lord will be spoken. Uh, so I aim for less of my name to be known and more of the name of the Lord to be known. Uh, can you, I want to do a little interaction here for just a couple minutes. Can you think of some people in the Bible who did something great, who did some kind of service, uh, but their names were not mentioned? Someone in the Bible that did something but their names were not mentioned. Can anybody think of anyone? Stephanie. Yeah, he didn't write him his own name in there. Yeah. 
That would be kind of strange, um, writing the gospel and putting your own name in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anybody think of any others? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think of it right now, but I'm pretty sure it's in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I can't think of it right now, but I, I'm pretty sure the name is in there. But we don't know it, so, so it accomplished the same goal, right? <laughs> uh, anybody think of any others? I, I got a few for us. Uh, the boy with the five loaves and the two fish, uh, Jesus used him, uh, and, and, you know, we don't even know his name. And uh, that allowed Jesus to be able to reach all those thousands of people, and they didn't have to leave or they didn't perish because of not eating. Uh, so that was a blessing for that boy to be used. Um, I thought of the widow of Zarephath. Uh, she was used by God to sustain Elijah uh, so that he could keep on serving God. Uh, the thief on the cross, I thought that's where you were going when you said the, the one carrying the cross, but I went with the thief on the cross who proclaimed Jesus' righteousness. Um, yep. <laughs> if I would have just let you finish, right? <laughs> yeah, the, you know, that thief on the cross uh, proclaimed Jesus' righteousness in front of all those people and in a very terrible situation. Uh, I think that was awesome. Also, the woman at the well, uh, she brought a whole crowd of men to go see Jesus after she talked with Jesus. Uh, and then also I wrote down the lame man uh, that Peter and John met, and he was used to publicly praise God and to show many others how amazing God really is. And, and these people uh, don't have their names written down in there. Uh, the best part of all these situations is that we cannot focus too much on the actual person, uh, because we don't really know their name, or a lot of the time we don't really know any of their history. We don't know anything about that boy with the five loaves and two fish, uh, but we know that he was used by God. Um, in these events, we focus on God and, and what he did more, and this easily allows us to give God all the praise and glory. Uh, so are we willing to be nameless so that God can be praised? I think most of us are. I don't think there's too many... Very prideful people here. Uh, although we don't know much about the author of this hymn this morning, there are a few things we do know. Uh, William, the author, was born in Canada in July of 1846. Uh, his family all belonged to and faithfully attended church. Uh, although William grew up in church his whole life, he did not get saved until the age of 16, and sometimes that's just how it works out. Uh, it is believed that shortly after accepting Jesus as his Savior, that's when he wrote the words to this song. So this song was written by a 16-year-old, uh, freshly saved young man. Uh, so I think it's um, almost embarrassing to see how much these young people do. If you've been here for these hymn stories, you've learned of others that have written such great songs even when they were a kid. Um, you know, all these kids and the, the teenager in this uh, time here, uh, seeing what they do for the Lord and how amazing it is, uh, it makes me a little bit humble. You know, I haven't written anything this good, you know. So, uh, But it, it also makes me desirous to do more and to try harder and, and do better. Uh, I also see some great things 
happen from people right after their conversion to Christ. Uh, sometimes that's when uh, you're just really on fire and maybe that's the best time to start serving, you know, because you have all that energy and excitement and just go with it, you know. Uh, that's not always the case. You don't always do something great right after you're saved. It's not necessary for anything. Uh, but sometimes God is just ready to use someone. And once they believe uh, and that person is willing to serve, God says, okay, I'm ready. Let's, let's go do this. And, and it's time to serve right away. I think sometimes us that have been saved a long time, uh, for me, it's been almost 30 years. Uh, so I think sometimes us older or more mature Christians are a little less eager and excited and, and maybe even sometimes less willing to serve. Uh, I like seeing anyone serve God, but it's, it's, to me, it's just a little extra special seeing a young person or a new believer serve God. Uh, their excitement to serve is just inspiring to me. Uh, some of us, uh, older or more mature Christians maybe need to catch a little bit of that excitement at times. Uh, but we have William here, 16 years old, and he wrote these words to this song, and then, uh, what he does is he gives it to his aunt. And she read through it and seen the power in these words. And she knew that this would inspire many Christians to love Jesus more. And maybe even inspire non-believers to start believing in Jesus. Uh, she, so she then decides to get these words published. Uh, she didn't think it would be good to hide them or keep them to herself. She wanted everyone uh, possible to see them. So uh, she went and got the words published in a book. The original handwritten words are still in that family today, which I think is really awesome. Uh, some families, they cherish gold or silver or diamonds. Some families pass down jewelry or watches, and that's all fine. Uh, but this family, they pass down these wonderful words about how much uh, we could love Jesus. Uh, so let's just make sure that our families are valuing the important things, uh, the things that will affect eternity, and make sure we're passing down those kind of things uh, to our children and grandchildren. Now, uh, sadly, William dies at a very young age. He dies in his late 20s. Uh, even though he only spent uh, somewhere around 26 years on earth, uh, he was used greatly by God. And people are still being blessed by his service to God by writing these words. Uh, we never know when our time is up here on earth. Uh, we also never fully know the impact that we can make on eternity while we are here. The service we do for God today, it may continue blessing and pointing people to Jesus for the next hundred years. We don't know. Uh, so now I want to look at the history of the music for this uh, hymn, My Jesus, I Love Thee. The music we know today for this hymn was composed by Dr. A.J. Gordon. Dr. Gordon was the pastor of Clarendon Street Baptist Church in Boston, Massachusetts uh, in the 1800s there, the late 1800s. Uh, in 1870, Dr. Gordon found these words to this hymn in this book called the Lund London Hymn Book. So that goes back to that aunt being willing to get those words published. Because she got those words published, this uh, man, Dr. Gordon here, found it in the book and uh, was able to see these words. And in his words, he was dissatisfied with the melody that was given to it in that hymn book that he found it in. So he says, in a moment of inspiration, a new song came to me for these words. Uh, Dr. Gordon was used greatly by God throughout his life. 
he faithfully served God throughout his life. He pastored the church there in Boston for nearly 30 years. Uh, he composed many songs for God and put together hymnals that are still being used today. He also wrote many books, and he also wrote a quarterly newsletter. Uh, Dr. Gordon was also a friend to Dwight Moody, and they helped each other in the ministry there in Boston. So God put together and orchestrated all the events to bring this hymn together for us to use today. Uh, it's amazing as we learn about these hymns, I think it's amazing to see how God works out so many details and lines up so many events in his perfect time to accomplish his will. I like seeing how two people that never met and didn't even live in the same country and sometimes don't even live at the same time. Uh, I, I love watching how God works and, and uses uh, multiple people at multiple times to get his work done. I love seeing multiple sides to the equation that God brings together. Uh, it's even better feeling being part of God's work. It's awesome getting to see God's work being done, but it's even better to be a part of it. Uh, so if you haven't experienced that feeling, then I encourage you to get into the work. Uh, start serving God and watch Him work through you and see the amazing work of God through you being willing to serve Him. I promise you, you won't regret it. Uh, now I want to switch and look at the spiritual aspect of this hymn, My Jesus, I Love Thee. Uh, this hymn is a song of praise and worship. We're told throughout the Bible that we are, and we are also given examples throughout the Bible of praising and worshiping God. First Chronicles 16.29, it says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. In Psalms 29.2, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in his beauty and holiness. Uh, th this verse here uh, comes in the middle of David's song of praise to God. Uh, this is after they brought back the ark. Uh, and David feels the need and the desire to worship God and praise him through song. Uh, this is a great response when God does something in our lives. Uh, we should just bust out in song and start praising and worshiping God just because of who he is. Uh, this hymn, like so many others, talks about singing praise to God. We have so much we can praise God for. Uh, we should always have a song like this to sing. Uh, this hymn is also considered a hymn of response. This hymn would be a, in response of what Jesus did for you and how much Jesus did for all of us. Uh, last week we talked about that. We talked in great detail about what Jesus did for us. And, and how amazing that was. And this week we have a hymn that would be a great response to that, to the work that Jesus did for us. Uh, so keep that in mind as we go through the lyrics of this hymn. And I'll look at verse 1 of the hymn again. It says, My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. Uh, this hymn starts off with loving Jesus. Uh, we all have times where we uh, just sing words, but we're not really paying attention to what we're saying. Uh, I caution you to be very careful in doing that here. Uh, we need to treat this the song service of this church as part of our worship to God because that is exactly what it is. Uh, the songs we sing here are purposely picked 
to make us better connected to God and to aid in our worshiping of God. Uh, I hope when you sing this song a little later this morning that you don't just say the words with your mind somewhere else. Uh, there's some great words in this hymn, and I really hope that when you say these first five words specifically, my Jesus, I love thee, I hope when you say those words that you really mean them. Uh, we should have open hearts during this hymn. We should have hearts that are uh, so in love with Jesus that we mean all of these words when we say them. My desire is that we all love Jesus this morning. Uh, we all truly love Jesus. And when we say these words, we sing. Uh, when we sing this hymn later, I, I want Jesus to be looking at a group of people that truly love him and are truly meaning what they say to him. Now, the next phrase in this first verse says, I know thou art mine. Uh, praise God that we can know Jesus and, and that he can be ours and we can be his. Uh, turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 9. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. We know uh, we can know Jesus because he came to be our savior. Jesus came to save us. It says in Luke 19:10, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, that is us. Jesus came for us. Jesus lived on earth for all of us. Jesus gave up his life and died on the cross for all of us. Uh, we can know Jesus. We can make him mine, like the, the song says here, uh, through accepting him as our personal savior and trusting all that he did to save us. Now, this is not like, uh, love on earth. Uh, you know, it's Valentine's Day here real shortly. And, uh, you know, I remember when I was in school, you know, the, the kids would ask, I never did it. I was too scared or nervous or whatever, but you know, some boys would ask other girls, would you be mine kind of thing and all that. And, uh, you know, I just didn't want to hear no, so I didn't ask. You can't be told no if you don't ask. So, uh, you know, but that, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about that kind of love. Uh, this is making Jesus yours permanently. Uh, there's no turning back. There's no questioning. There's no changing of mind. Uh, Jesus will never leave you. Uh, no one, including yourself, could ever take away your salvation through Jesus. Jesus will be yours forever. I, I doubt any of those kids in my class are still with the person they asked to be theirs, you know. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know any of them anymore. But um, the next phrase there in this first verse, for thee all the follies of sin I resign. Uh, now, follies here means foolishness. We're talking about foolishness of sins. Uh, we don't need to be completely perfect or sinless to be saved through Jesus. That's not the point. Uh, we don't need to even resign from every sin. Uh, but the meaning here is if we love Jesus, we will desire to remove all of this foolishness. We're talking about the desire to want to get rid of all of the sins in our lives. Uh, we will want to resign from any sin we ever 
took part in or are going to in the future. Uh, this doesn't mean uh, if we're not perfect, then we don't love Jesus. Uh, we're not looking at it. Uh, that's looking at it from the wrong direction or the wrong side. We should love Jesus so much that we want to resign from all of our sins. Uh, that's what our desire should be, to just get rid of it all because we love Jesus so much. Uh, it's a matter of the heart. Our heart should desire to be clean for Jesus. Turn to Psalms chapter 51. Psalms chapter 51. We'll start in verse 1. This is a psalm of David. Psalms 51, starting in verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Now this is uh, when, right after David had sinned with Bathsheba, uh, David committed that sin, and Nathan the prophet came and told him uh, that he sinned. And this is David's response. That hymn or that psalm there is David's response. Uh, notice, though, it wasn't a response of anger towards the one that told him that he had sinned. Uh, it wasn't a response of trying to shift the guilt around or come up with an excuse. It was a true, honest response of a child of God realizing he did wrong and desiring to be right with God again. Uh, that is what we need to feel when we sin. Uh, we're not perfect. Uh, we probably will sin again at some point. I wish it wasn't so, but that's the problem we have to deal with here in this imperfect world with these imperfect bodies, with imperfect minds. Uh, we probably will sin. Uh, we should be reminded of the words of David in Psalm 51. Uh, we need a desire to, to be right with God and clean before God. Uh, I would also want to tell you, don't wait. Uh, deal with your sin quickly. Uh, you, you can ask my kids. It's no fun when you're not right with your father. I remember when I was little and, and you know, I did something wrong and, uh, you know, I'd hide from my parents when they found out they weren't happy with me and I'd hide from them again. Uh, it's no fun not being right with your father. Now, the uh, last phrase in this first verse, uh, excluding the final repeat there, um, th this last verse or last phrase talks of Jesus as our Redeemer and Savior. And I can't stress it enough, if you need to make Jesus your personal Savior, don't wait. Uh, Jesus came to redeem us. 
Uh, Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. In Galatians 3.13, it starts off, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Uh, Jesus is our redeemer. We needed redeemed because our sins were holding us ransom. And there was a price to pay uh, to be released from those sins. Jesus came and paid that price for us uh, so that we could be redeemed. Now let's move on to verse 2 of this hymn. It says, I love thee because thou hast first loved me and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. Uh, the first phrase here, I love thee because thou first loved me, it's taken from 1 John 4.19 where it says we love him because he first loved us. Uh, Jesus loved us when he stepped off that throne in heaven. When God asked Jesus to go to earth, Jesus loved us. Uh, Jesus was also there at creation and he loved us then. Before there was even any us here, Jesus loved us. Jesus loved us before we ever did one single thing for him. Uh, the next phrase says, purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. Uh, we were just talking about how there was a price to pay. Our sins charged up a debt that we could never pay. Uh, Jesus took all those charges for us. I'm sure most of us all have credit cards, right? And uh, I remember one of the times my credit card numbers were stolen. And I was in bed and I was sleeping. And I, my credit card company's pretty good. They call when these kind of things happen. And I got a call at like 2.30 in the morning. And I'm just laying there in bed and it's a weird number. But for some reason I pick it up. Not sure why. And uh, so I pick it up and they say they're a credit card company. And uh, they wanted to know if I was in California at 7-Eleven. And I said, nope, I am in bed in Ohio. So... They said, don't worry about it. We will take care of it. And I didn't have to do nothing. They took care of it for me. Uh, I remember one of the other times uh, I actually found out that someone was using my credit card. And I go on there and I try to, after you know it being stolen once, you tend to try to watch it more. And I went on there and I seen there was like six or so charges that I didn't make. Uh, somewhere in some foreign country that I couldn't even pronounce that was like this long. And... Uh, some were from uh, somewhere in, I think, in Ohio, and it was one was uh, Papa John's charge for like eighty something dollars, and I'm thinking that's a lot of pizza. They're having a big old party wherever they're at, and uh, so I called up the credit card company and I said, "Hey, uh, there's a problem. I didn't, I didn't make any of these charges." So they went through one by one until we got back to where they were mine. And I thought about maybe I should tell them that one's not mine too, but I didn't do that. I was honest. Uh, so, and, and they said, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll take care of it. You don't owe anything. And that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus wiped away our charges. Now, unlike those credit card charges, we made those charges with our sins. Uh, but Jesus wiped them away just as if we never made them. Uh, they're gone. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, and the Bible says that God will remember them no more. They are just gone. Uh, they're it, that is only possible because Jesus paid the price for us. Uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verse 13, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14, 
which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Now we're talking about a transaction here. And uh, this church is getting pretty familiar with transactions. Uh, we've bought a couple places recently. Uh, the last one being this place here. And when we bought this place and we wrote up the offer and signed the offer, we had to put down money on that contract. And that's called earnest money. So if you've ever bought a, a property, a house or whatever, or sold one, you're probably familiar with earnest money. And uh, so you have to put that down in the beginning to go against what you're uh, purchasing. And that, that earnest money is deposited and it's held there. And that earnest money stays there until the transaction closes. And, and in, in our case here, the money was held in an account. And then when we actually took possession and the transaction closed and we moved in, that earnest money went towards the purchase there. The Holy Spirit, according to Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 here, the Holy Spirit is our earnest for the transaction of our soul. Uh, Jesus purchased our soul with his own blood. And then he sent us the Holy Spirit to be with us until we go home to heaven. Jesus purchased us on Calvary. When was the last time that we told Jesus, thank you or I love you for dying for me and being punished for me? Uh, the last part of this uh, verse here, it says, I love you for wearing the thorns. Uh, we could read all this morning about all the beating Jesus took, the bruising, the cuts, the humiliation that Jesus took for us. Uh, we could talk about all the pain he endured for us and, and how Jesus let them put that crown of thorns on his head to mock him. Uh, Jesus deserves a royal crown, a kingly crown, the best gold and jewels that you could ever imagine. But they pushed an ugly crown made with thorns onto his head. Matthew twenty-seven twenty-nine, And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. When is the last time we told Jesus thank you for wearing that crown of thorns for us? Uh, when is the last time we told him we love him for doing all of that for us? Truly, thank you, Jesus, for it. Uh, let's look at the third verse of this hymn. It says, I'll love thee in life, I'll love thee in death, and praise thee as long as thou lendest me breath, and say when the death dew lies cold on my brow, if ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. Uh, loving Jesus in life and death, that's how this uh, verse starts off. Uh, turn back to Philippians. I probably should have told you to stay there. Philippians chapter 1 this time. Uh, we're talking about loving Jesus in life and death. Philippians chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 18. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 18. What then, notwithstanding, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. 
But if I live in the flesh, that is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose, I what not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Now, uh, Paul says here uh, that he loves and desires Jesus either in life or death. Uh, he says he's in a tough situation. He, you could say he's between a rock and a hard place. He's trying to decide if it would be better to be dead and go to heaven and be with Jesus or to live and con- <clears throat> continue to serve Jesus on earth. We need to love Jesus in life and death. In, in life, we love and serve him here. And in death, we get to join him and praise him at his feet. Uh, it's wonderful to be saved. And to know that even in death, which is the worst and the scariest part of this world we live in, uh, even in death we have no fear because we will open our eyes and we will see Jesus. Uh, the next phrase in this verse says, Praise thee as long as thou lendest me breath. As long as we live on earth, we should be praising Jesus. Uh, Psalms 150 verse 6, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. Uh, Do we actively look for ways to praise Jesus? Uh, We know that we do praise reports on Thursday night during the service here, and that's a great time to praise God. I love that portion of the service. Uh, But there should be other times that we are praising God, and maybe we're missing some of those times. Uh, We say in our family, we say a blessing at the end of every day for our nighttime devote as part of our nighttime devotions. Uh, And that is a great motivation for me. Uh, to actively be looking at things as a way of thinking, is this God blessing me? Is this something I could praise God about? And, and there's so many things. When you start looking that way at things, there's, you'll find there are so many things you can praise God about every single day. Uh, what I want you to hear this morning is that we should be actively and, and paying attention for ways to praise uh, I can praise Jesus for my salvation, for my wife and kids' salvation. I could praise Jesus for bringing me to this church. I could praise Jesus for bringing you to this church. Uh, we could praise Jesus that we're all here this morning. We're all feeling at least somewhat decent that we could come this morning. Uh, what I want to do is look for things and ways to praise Jesus throughout the day. And, and if we start doing that, we might be <clears throat> somewhat surprised at how often we can praise Jesus. Now, let's look at this last verse in this hymn here. It says, In mansions of glory and endless delight, I'll ever adore thee in heaven so bright. I'll sing with the glittering crown on my brow. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. This verse transitions from us on earth to us in heaven. Uh, this verse talks about the amazingness of heaven, how wonderful it will be living up in glory, it says, in endless delight. Uh, think of a time that you were extremely happy. <clears throat> now, uh, whatever time that is, maybe it was on vacation, uh, maybe it'll be on vacation very soon, uh, but uh, just think of some time you're extremely happy. Maybe it was the birth of your kids or grandkids, maybe it was uh, your wedding, um, maybe a, your graduation or visiting with family, something that was uh, super exciting, you were very happy to be there. What, those have 
something in common. They all ended. Now, hopefully, uh, you know, your wedding ended, not your marriage. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, but uh, when you're on vacation, uh, you were there and now you're not. So the vacation ended. So uh, all of those moments had an end to them. Imagine in heaven having a wonderful moment that is way better than anything we could experience here on earth. But that moment never ends. It just goes on for all of eternity. Uh, we will be in endless delight in heaven. Now, can you imagine the ability to be able to sit at Jesus' feet and just adore him? Uh, Jesus wouldn't even have to say or do anything for me. Uh, just to be with him would just be so amazing. Uh, to be with the one who gave his life for me, the one who conquered death and the grave for me, the one who paid that price that I could not pay. Uh, the one that loved me so much, loved me more than any other. Uh, heaven really is just going to be so amazing. <clears throat> uh, now, I can't wait to be in heaven. Uh, I'll wait as long as God wants me to. Uh, but I can't wait to be in that heavenly choir up there also. Now, I don't mean, know if that means we all have to be in the choir. You know, here we're starting a choir and not all of us are in it, right? Uh, and that's okay. Uh, but in heaven, we're, we're going to have... You know, beautiful voices, and we're gonna sing beautiful songs to God. I, you know, in heaven I can leave this broken down voice down here that I'm always, you know, choking and, and, you know, I can't breathe when I sing. I don't know what it is. I feel like I need an extra throat or something. It's just so hard to breathe while you're singing. Uh, but up in heaven, none of that's gonna be the case. It's just gonna be so wonderful. I don't know what we're gonna be singing up there. Uh, I'm excited to find out, to, to see what it is. Uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but when I'm in a good mood, I sing. Uh, so when I'm at home and everything's going okay and I'm not having to yell at kids or beat them or anything like that, I don't beat them. Just kidding. I do spank, but, I, you know, whatever. And uh, so when I'm in a good mood, I sing. And I sing about whatever. It doesn't even matter. If I'm walking through the living room, I see the TV remote, I'm singing about the TV remote. You know, if I'm walking in the kitchen, I'm singing about a spoon, you know. Uh, I sang about a plunger the other day. Yeah, I just, I sing, you know. It's just, I, I'm happy and I sing. I don't think we'll be singing about plungers in heaven. Uh, I hope not. There's much better things than that. Um, but I, I'm, I just love singing. And can you imagine in heaven when, when I'm always going to be in a good mood? I don't know who has to live next to me in the mansion next door, uh, but you're going to probably want to shut your windows on my side because I'm going to always be singing. And you're going to be thinking, will that guy ever stop? Nope, not for eternity. I'm just going to keep on singing. Uh, and I'm not even sorry about it. I'm just going to keep singing. Uh, so all this talk of singing, now we have to sing. Uh, I know we don't have our heavenly voices, uh, but we're going to sing anyways. Uh, sing this love song to Jesus from your heart. Uh, if you have to, close your eyes, pretend nobody's here, pretend you're in the shower, whatever you got to do. Uh, sing your heart out to Jesus this morning. Uh, Jesus is meeting with us here right now. Uh, Jesus is in this room with us. If you love Jesus, sing for him and sing to him.